Jay Crawford, Adam the Bull, Garrett Bush, and so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Booyah! I frankly, words are tough to come by right now alongside Jeff Lloyd and G. Bush. G, you look demoralized. The look on your face says it all. I won't even open up with a question. We have two minutes left in the game. The Browns trail 30 to 28. G. Whatever you want to say, the floor is yours to start because I see the look on your face, which is a look I have never seen in my seven months of knowing you. And I, I just, I feel sorry for, um, I feel sorry for the fans, man. I, I just really do. Um, man, you know, y'all came out, you know, I was doing the pregame and y'all come out every single week and y'all come out and root for this team and I, y'all come out and y'all give everything y'all, y'all can and, and, and you know, they come out here and they find a different way to embarrass you every week. They found a different way to stick the dagger in your back every week. They find a new way. This week, the defense, you go up 14 nothing, and then the defense decides, you know what? How's about we just let them do what they want? The worst rushing defense in the worst, worst rushing offense in the entire league comes in and has a career day. How many times, if you're a Browns fan, just throw, put it in the chat. How many ones can we get in the chat real quick early? How many times have you seen somebody have a career day on the Cleveland Browns? How many times have you seen a way a Cleveland Browns can lose a game? How's about onside kicks, block punts, block field goals? How's about all that up in, in, in a bag of chips? And then just to have you go downfield, have an opportunity with three points in your back pocket. Three points are in your back pocket. And yet and still, the quarterback and the head coach, they can't have a conversation and say, if you don't have it for sure, take the ball, throw it in Lake Erie. We got the three points. If you don't have it, come throw it over here by me. And guess what they did? They throw an interception in the end zone. When you have points on the board with the go-ahead field goal in your back pocket, and this is just—it's—it's it's disgusting. It's disgusting. I'm done talking about Joe Woods. You know where I stand with him. He has to go. Bye. Peace out, home skillet. Either either he's coaching it up or he's allowing it. That's the way it works right now. I can't. Somebody, please tell me a redeeming quality about Joe Woods and and how it's gonna work. And I get it. Well, they don't got nobody on the staff. It can't be worse. It can't get any worse. You told me that the Falcons was it was bad because we didn't have Clowney and Garrett. That's all I heard for a week. And I drank the Kool Aid with y'all. I drank it and laid down in the ditch because it was it was arsenic and poison, and it was still terrible. No eight-man front. They got whatever they want, running or passing. I've talked enough. I just feel sorry for the fans.
because y'all supported this crap. Y'all thought we was turning the corner. Y'all thought this team was going to be a playoff team, and we've we've made enough excuses for them. Maybe they're just not that good. Just be honest with you, with ourselves. Maybe they just ain't that good. G. Bush, that was quite the opening monologue. I can tell you that will start the ultimate Cleveland Sports Show tomorrow at 11. Just an update on the game. It looks like the Chargers are going to punt the ball. The Browns will have um, no, no, no. The Chargers right. went for it on fourth and two inside their own 50 and did not get it. The they Browns have the ball inside the 50 with about what? a minute to go and no timeouts. Jesus. Martin Emerson just bodied up Mike Williams. Why this in the is, world would you ever I, I have to, This is worse than Stefanski's fourth down call of not going for the sneak. This is like, crazy. Wait, wait. Like I mean, I'm so excited right now, but I'm also dumbfounded because I'm looking at the Chargers like just kick the ball. Jacoby Brissett. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold Browns need about 15 yards. Let me hold up. Let, let me get this straight. I'm so I'm watching the play right now. The fourth down of ten. I thought they were gonna go for it to try to draw them off. You throw it to Anthony and Schwartz. Then, oh my and god. And then just kick. I'm like, trust me, that Mike, as, as dumbfounded as you are right now, yes, yes. They, I think they took a timeout on fourth and two. They went for it on fourth and two. Uh, Emerson bodied up Mike Williams. The Browns have the ball at about the 45 of the Chargers right now. That is the is dumbest second and ten. I've ever worse than, worse than handing it to Kareem Hunt as opposed to QB sneaking it earlier when they went for it on fourth down. And the Browns got the first down there inside the 35-yard line. Are you are, are you trying to kill me? This is crazy. Oh my gosh. What, what is going like what is going on with the NFL? How drunk is this league right now? It's 106 in the and they have the rock. Oh, that's not gonna go anywhere. Jeff Lloyd is ahead of you and me, G. Bush. I'm I'm at 106. So we have Green Hunt. For, we have Green Hunt for about a loss of a yard. Wow! Did they just throw, to, did they just throw to Anthony Schwartz for the first? Here you time go, Jeff. Well, they Jeff. threw it to Anthony Schwartz. Yeah, yeah, because that, that's what you need to do there. Go, what you need to do? Go ahead and play by play this. You got it. Dog. No, no, no. Do not play by play. That's a no, 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 no. I do not want uh, deep ball. Oh my God! He caught it, but he was out of bounds. Are you kidding me? You went deep. You went yard on that play. They went yard to Donovan Peoples-Jones. He caught the ball, but he was not. Well, can we, in, can we go back for one second? No, not in bounds. Why in the world, in the history of America, would they ever consider go make Jacoby Brissett drive 90 yards for a, Thank you. a minute left? Thank you. He already showed you in a pressure situation what? that he is not worthy of the task. He just threw the it's interception. It's not Josh Allen. It's not Lamar Jackson. It's not Patrick Mahomes. It's Jacoby freaking Brissett. So the Browns have... About third and 10 from the 36, third and 11. So you're probably just going to run here and set it up. Oh, you're going to throw it. Is it a run or is it Oh, he got out of bounds. Oh, he didn't catch it. Never mind. So we're looking at about a 52, 53-yard Cade York. And <laughs> oh my. keep in mind, guys, this is the same side of the field that Cade York missed the 48-yarder earlier. I, I, I still can't get over. First off. For the fifth week in a row, we've had absolute chaos in the two-minute warning show. It's this just is chaos. unbelievable. This is unbelievable, people. All right, Cade York is lining up. Jeff, you have to react like Bull would. You have to, you have to be Bull here because there's no Bull today, okay? Yeah, you got it. <laughs> this is devastating. You're, you're more, oh, you're snap, Bull down. Eagle missed Man, it. does he miss? He missed it. He missed it. He oh. missed it. 
Oh my god. He How far was it? Missed it. 53 yards. He missed. Oh my god. Let's see, snap was good, hold was good, and he went wide right again, just like he did on the 48-yarder. Oh, my God. And there's Dude. Jay saying, cut York, the ultimate kid York fan. Oh, my goodness. But, oh, look, there's a lot of factors that go into this. Look, they should, they should have already lost the game. For the record, they should have already but, lost But even still, you cannot games the way you're playing them, you have to play better on the defensive side of the ball jacoby Brissett is your number two quarterback he is not going to lead game winning drives we are putting games in the hands of a rookie kicker again and this is we've done this so many times with kickers i i, I can't you get an absolute gift <laughs> and here's what the, the browns had the ball on the Chargers' 46-yard line, one running play, you lose a yard. You go yard to Donovan Peoples-Jones. He does. He catches the ball, but he's nowhere near inbounds. A little dinker over the middle. Like, there's no cons- – and look, G, you know I try to be really good about the coaching aspect and try to be understanding about it. This defense, this defense can't stop anything right now. They just can't. And look, guys, we're back today. And so it was even worse. I mean, you know, the Chargers had 175 yards rushing in the first half, you know, as opposed to last week when the Falcons did it, when there were a lot of guys missing. You do it this week with basically all the names intact. I I, 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 I just – it's brutal. It's absolutely I'm, I'm, brutal. I'm going to pull it together here. I'm a, You know, because here's the thing. I'm gonna pull it together and I'm gonna be a professional. Um, I, I'll, like I'll separate, you are. Yeah, I'm gonna separate my fandom from what I'm what we're supposed to be doing. But now it's time. It's time for accountability because here's the thing: um, what you just saw is the Cleveland Browns show you that it's just not one play. All phases of the team are now in flux because we've we just saw Cade York miss two field goals, mind you, six points. We've, we watched Kate York makes two field goals in this game. That's your special teams. We watched the defense every single time that they wanted they wanted to get something and wanted to do what they needed to do. It was wide open. I, I ask you, does Joe Woods have an eight-man box? Does he have a no. formation with no. possibly an eight-man? Or is it just your defensive ends widened out with, with gaps all in the middle? Your defensive tackles. And here's another thing, McNuggets. It's time to start talking about this. Andrew Barry has to be held accountable for what he did with this roster. Mm-hmm. It's time to start talking about the defensive tackles. It's time to start talking about their approach to the interior of the line. Because at the end of the day, that's where you stop the run. Don't tell me this stuff about how you don't value linebackers and you don't value defensive tackles. Because you see when Austin Eckler gets rolling, and, and a guy like Austin Eckler, who is a scat guy, he's not a top, he's not a Leonard Fournette, he's not a Nick Chubb. Right. And I just want to tell people that defensive tackles matter. Linebackers matter, matter. And the fact that you're pairing small guys like JOK and Phillips behind guys who are not guys that keep guys off linebackers. Now you're seeing when they get to the second level, guess what? Those guys are getting locked up. 
it just doesn't it don't it don't make sense the way they went around constructing the roster and it just goes to show you you can't just have Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney and think that that's it. They've been resting on those laurels for way too long. They've been they've been cashing free checks because of that. And it's easy to say, let's go rush forward, play zone behind it. Bro, that's not going to stop the run either. Teams have found out what they are, and it's soft in the middle. That's two games in a row where teams just said, you know what, you're not good enough up front. Uh, there, there's a lot to break down from this, so we're going to take this piece by piece. But, Jeff, I'm going to give my t- overall two cents down into a little more specifics but this is a game you look at in totality that was pretty split 50 50 heading in we had about half the the show panel at least pick the chargers half pick the browns you can make the argument the browns can run on the chargers can the chargers throw against this browns defense to me on paper it was pretty even going in and for a majority of the game the browns did exactly what i thought they would they ran the ball they didn't ask jacoby Brissett to do too much and defensively, they were unable to stop big plays. When it comes down to it, Jacoby Brissett is not hes not a QB1. He's a backup quarterback for a reason, and he's played above that level through four games, four and a half games. But when push comes to shove, elite quarterbacks find ways to win games. Jacoby Brissett could have walked for a first down in the pass. He threw an interception in the red zone, down by two points when all you needed was a field goal to take a lead. He could have walked for a first down. And earlier on that drive, we saw him pull a Houdini play to get out of a sack and pick up a long third-down conversion. So it's not like he can't run. Granted, this game's not on Brissett. The loss is not on Brissett. This defense gave up way too many big plays. They let Austin Eckler run wild. This team, the Chargers, came into the game with the NFL worst 64.5 rushing yards per game average. Now, granted, they throw the ball a lot more than they pass, so those numbers are a little skewed. They are a better running team than that 30-second ranking. They had 136 yards midway through the second quarter, and I don't have the final stats in front of me. I'll pull them up. But I think they finished with close to 200 rushing yards as a team. I'll get you that number right now. As a team, it's been 238 rushing yards. That is unacceptable. And G. Bush, I'm going to quote your tweet in a second. This team cannot tackle. You might as well put me out there and try to tackle some of these guys. And I weigh a buck 60 with rocks in my pocket. They do not tackle. And I'm not sure if that's coaching. I believe it's coaching. I believe it's effort. And I believe it's will. And for some reason, the combination of that and the defensive side of the ball has let this Cleveland team down time after time after time this season. We'll break this game down more specifically, but real quick, Jeff, what's your overall takeaway from this game? Well, we're going through here, and you see the comments coming through here. This shouldn't have been on Cade York. Technically, this game was lost before this because I don't know what the Chargers were doing on fourth and two. But look, look, the offense, again, it's 28 points. You know, granted, Two field goals you didn't get, but it's 28 points. You've got to do something on the defensive side of the ball here. And it was great to hear, you know, Miles was bursting off and, you know, Jadavian Clowney and guys were involved. But nothing, you know, zero again, turnovers, barely any pressure on the quarterback, just enough. And we had talked for weeks at nauseum. Austin Eckler has beaten the Browns in the can for years now. There was two things to do today. No Austin Eckler, no Mike Williams. If Josh Palmer had put up a Jerry Rice type of day, it would have been great. Josh Kelly, all these guys. But you came into this, and there were two guys you had to take out of this game. It was Mike Williams, and it was Austin Eckler. You get up 14-0, and all of a sudden it's like, all right, well, we think we're going to score with them all day. You can't have that mentality. It's Jacoby Brissett. Understand, and look, again, he's doing the best he can. But you have to understand it comes with limitations. 
there's only so much he can do. Even the, the one where he ghosted his way out to a 15-yard run, nobody believed it. Like Everybody was stunned, was shocked that he was able to pull it off. All of that stuff is gravy. It's extra. You need to have this defense being playing on a level where, and look, everybody knows how much they were talked about. They were supposed to be a top-five defense. They couldn't stop anything today. It, coverage had its issues. I will say Martin Emerson. Martin Emerson made some big, big plays today. Right. As far as the guys who were making the chunk of the change, the guys where you expect them to make a difference, and they were involved but did not make a difference. You know, you know, we got to understand that they gave him a 14-point lead. Yeah. And at some, and at some point in time, you know, Nick Chubb, bless you, bro. But but I'm gonna be honest with you, man. The, the way that it just wastes your your prime is just it's disgusting. If you guys, it, you know what? I almost want to say, you know what? Just trade him somewhere else. Just trade Stop him somewhere it. else. I, no, listen, just trade him. No, no, no. Listen, I'm gonna ask you. Trade him somewhere else so he could he could go play for a team that's competent. Because they waste his efforts every week, every week. How can you play that hard? Be that good. Never say nothing. Put 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 it on the line. But you but but you got guys making blunder after blunder after blunder. Every single week you got the defensive coordinator. You spot them 14. The very first play when they get the ball back, Austin Eckler runs for 70 yards. Are you serious? They ran off 17 straight on you after you spotted them 14. You know what that means? That means you're complacent. That means you don't have a sense of urgency. You have no killer instinct. You don't know what you are doing. It's easy. It, I'm just sorry. It's easy. I Listen, it, 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 you tell me what redeeming grace. I'm waiting for it in the chat. You tell me one thing this, this team does defensively well, and I'll give it to Joe Woods. I'm waiting on it. The answer is they, zero, G. The answer is zero. Nothing. What are they? No turnovers. Can't tackle. Uh, can't get off the field on third down. What does he do? The he only thing, like this. The only thing the defense has done well so far is they, they've held teams in the red zone to the field goals instead of touchdowns. That's the only thing for the most part they've done. But at the same time, that Josh Kelly touchdown run, G. Bush, was the single worst run defense I've ever seen in the red zone. Josh Kelly could have bear crawled his way in. He could have had one leg and no hands and hopped his way into the end zone. That's how wide of an alley and how out of position – Whoever had the edge was. He could have done the gritty there. from the time he got the ball into the yeah. end zone and nobody would have got That's it. terrible. And, 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 and I'm just asking y'all. I just want to ask people. When you playing a game and I'm sitting here, I can't tackle nobody. I'm old, beat up, tired, and I had 35 surgeries. But why is it that, that I'm showing more emotion and I'm sitting at home Doing a post game that I've seen out of any coach on that sideline. Prefer, Prefer is here. He's a made man somehow. I'm tired of these guys waltzing into Berea. All the regimes waltzing in here thinking that they are better and no more. No, they don't. Eric Mangini didn't know more. Rod Chazinski didn't know more. None of these bums knew more. They do the same thing. You you when they when you turn this press conference on, go rewind the tape. Tell me he sound any different from Hugh Jackson. 
No answers for nobody. And I don't see nobody on the sideline angry. I don't see nobody on the sideline fired up. I don't see nobody in the sideline on each other's faces. There's no shoving matches. It, it sounds like a PTA meeting over there. And as a matter of fact, in this country, PTA meetings are more, more contentious than this. They tell people in the PTA meetings, my kid ain't learning this. I'm bringing my gun to school. Like, this is what they do. We got guys over there playing kumbaya. It's crazy, man. I want to point out this uh, comment here from Will Grayson. I didn't notice this till right now, but he's right. All three of Brissett's interceptions this year have been on the final drive in each of their three losses. Or I guess this wasn't technically the final drive, but it was their final real full drive. uh, This is what we get to, though. You know this. You try to not put him in this situation. Exactly. Exactly. You're not paying him $238 million to do these things. And it, look, any of them, it shouldn't have been the case. The Jets game, the Falcons game, and today. And obviously they're all within the Browns, three losses. But you're putting him in positions where he can't succeed like you hope. And this is all that is a huge thing on coaching is putting your players in the best position to succeed. And you know, the defense, what they do there, special teams, all of it affects everything. And I'll tell you right now, they they were handed that gift yes. of getting the ball at the 46-yard line. And you want to know what? It kind of seems offensively, Coach Stefanski. They didn't have any plays left. I think they kind of seems like they had mentally checked out. Like, why in the world do we have this opportunity as opposed to saying, I am going to shove this up your the way you should have by being given that opportunity? The talk after last week's game was, should Kevin Stefanski give up play calling duties? Is he capable of doing both? Can he handle both responsibilities? I thought for the most part today, he called a pretty good game. It was a 31-34 pass-run split. I mean, I would have loved to see Nick Chubb get a couple more carries, but hey, every time he touched it, they were moving the ball. The offense wasn't the issue here. G. Bush, I want to ask you this. Up until the very end, I think Brandon Staley also coached a, a pretty good game. I, I do not understand that fourth down decision whatsoever. I, I will go on the hill and die. So that's one of the dumbest decisions I've ever seen a coach make. It is what it is. But after today... Has Kevin Stefanski restored any faith in you that he can handle both the head coaching duties, managing the clock, managing situation, timeouts, personnel, et cetera, and calling plays? Or does this give you more proof that when push came to shove, despite the fact he called a good game for 97% of it, that last drive was questionable and and maybe he's not cut out for that position? Well, listen, here's here's what I, I tell you about this. To me, it's not even about the coaching. Um, as far as the play calling situation, I question this about uh, Kevin Stefanski. Is he a, is he a coach that's able to have difficult conversation? Is he a coach that is is willing to hold his coaching staff to a to tell to a responsibility that says, "Listen, I may like you as a person, I might have hired you, I might have brought you over here, but if you're not getting the job done, you got to go. And if you're not making choices, no no one in this team is making difficult choices. You know why?" Because there's never accountability. Let me ask yourself, everybody out there, if you miss tackles, you don't know what you're doing, you line up wrong, you don't show any fire, you don't make any plays, then why are you on the field? My question is, unless you are willing to hold people accountable by playing time, then you don't care. Because what you're saying is we can mess up 
and everything's cool. It don't work like that in the world. People like me. I'll be on Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. I do. Listen, if I decided not to show up for two weeks straight, there's going to be some. Jeff going to have a conversation with me. You going to have a conversation. I work with both of y'all. If you y'all, may not answer for 10 days, but I'd, I'd send him a text. Yeah, like, yo, what's up, bro? <laughs> yeah, you're like, look, what's up? They, you, he he kind of quiet, but he'll be here. Like, they might have to drag me in there, right? But I'll be there. But that's the reality of it. It ain't about whether you friends or not. It's a whether or not we all trying to win. And we need we need you to get here so we can win. And if that guy right there is doing stuff contrary to what we need him to do, he got to sit down. And that's just reality. And Stefanski ain't willing to do sit Joe Woods down. And that means Joe Woods ain't willing to sit Grant Delpit and John Johnson down or whoever happens. It just it's a lack of accountability and 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 for once in a while, and I'm gonna shut up and give it back to y'all so we can move this thing forward. By the way, it's time out for not calling it by name. People talking about you can't call players out in the media, that's a bad job. No, that's what they should have been doing. It, it it needs to be accountability. Maybe you are embarrassed a little bit. Maybe it did hurt your ego a little bit, but that's better than straight out cutting you. Call it what it is and and, and expect better, and if you put it out in the media, hold it to an account. That's all I'm saying. Jeff, I have a question for you about this, and gee, we're going to talk about this on the show on Wednesday, so you can steal some of Jeff's points and start thinking about it on your own. (laughs) We came into this season with massive expectations for JOK, for Greg Newsom. These young guys in this defense expected to take a massive step forward. JOK has not played up to expectation. The only time I've heard Greg Newsom's name all season was chasing down Austin Eckler on that long 71-yard touchdown run. As a cornerback, sometimes that's not a bad thing when your name's not called, but he hasn't made any impact plays. He has no interceptions, no forced turnovers yet. Jordan Elliott had the sack last week. I did not hear his name a single time today. Grant Delpit had a bunch of tackles, but he's also been out of position a ton. When do you start putting the blame on the coaching staff and, and Joe Woods in particular for not developing these guys who were first and second round picks? Because we expected this big jump and we have not seen it so far this season. This is something that Garrett and I got to this week and we got to it a bunch here. It's week five. You start to, you know, you understand that things start slow and, you know, but when does things start to round themselves into shape? Like you understand your deficiencies So you coach around them and you put yourselves in better situations to deal with them. This is a question where I I think Joe Woods maybe doesn't know what the actual recipe is for all of these guys and the best way to equate it all together. There is a lot of athleticism on this defense. You talk about your two DNs off the charts as far as athleticism. JOK, Jacob Phillips, really, really solid athletes. Grant Delpit, everybody in the secondary. The problem is, is they have their gaffes kind of everywhere. And this is what we were trying to talk about this week. You, Your offense side of the ball, your defense side of the ball, what you don't do well, you find a way to try and mask it. But here you are this week. And look, you understand the Chargers and Justin Herbert, great quarterback, obviously all that stuff. But they just couldn't handle anything today. So it's like you, you understand, you know, you, you get into a fight, you know, you, you take your jabs. But the problem is, is the Browns took jabs from left and the right-hand side. Couldn't handle the run. Couldn't handle the pass. They couldn't get Herbert to the ground. And this offense is doing all they can right now with Jacoby Brissett at the quarterback position. 
but it just seems like the defense, where's a three and out? Where's a turnover? I mean, something, there's got to be some more life to this. And there's got to be, you know, with the amount of time they've all been in this system, the amount of time Joe Woods has been here, look, I'm not one for firing coordinators, but what is the message here? Because all these guys have been with the Browns for a substantial amount of time. Joe Woods, this is now his third season. We don't know what the true identity of this defense is. Is it a pass rushing unit? Is it a pass coverage unit? Is it an athletic guys that can handle athletic guys in space? We don't know. We have no idea. And this team is going to face the Patriots next week. And the Patriots was the, probably the most embarrassing loss of last season. Because not only did the Browns lose to the Patriots last year, they got physically beat down and beat up and embarrassed against this team. There is zero identity from this Browns defense. And Garrett knows, you know, I'm a wide receiver. I will talk about offensive side of the ball. I spent how many hours, Garrett, talking about this defense and how good it could be. And it's just not. Plain and simple. It's just not. Hey, Gigi, real quick, shout out to our boy Sly for the super chat. He says, this is on Cade. Two missed kicks and Woods has to go. Shout out Sly for sending us that super chat. Hey, sweet. Shout out to you. You guys can send your super chat. Sometimes we try to read some of your comments. You send a super chat. We definitely, and we, we appreciate your support. Make sure you guys hit that like button. Um, You know, right now, this feels like, uh, I don't know, man. It, it's a it feels like section in the comments right yeah, now. And, and I'm yeah. going to click on them as they go. I already put two up that had MF in it, uh, but not like MF, <laughs> but actually said it. So, uh, yeah. I'm trying to click it before it goes too fast. So if I miss yeah, you, yeah, we, we can't. Well, and, and, and just to let you guys know, uh, Patriots next week, and they Patriots just good today. Yes, they shut out the highest scoring offense in the NFL in the Detroit Lions today. So I just here you know, we go, man. And and, and I, you know, here and the thing is, I, I look at other units, man. And the problem is, I, I look at other teams, and other teams don't do this. They don't like like in the NFL. If you give a good team an opportunity, just like the Chargers just did when they should Browns should have been dead in the water. The Browns get the ball back after after the whole snafu with throwing an interception when you got three on the board. Right. They give the ball, the, the, the ball back to the Browns. The Browns get down to a certain yard line. And instead of just saying, hey, well, let's go ahead and run it a few more times and clock it. How's about we run it a few more times and clock it and set it up for a closer? No, you, you, you still didn't do the right stuff, right? You threw it to Anthony Schwartz. We haven't seen Anthony Schwartz in three weeks. It was Anthony his first Schwartz. snap. It was his first snap on the field. Do you guys want to hear a, a quote from Kevin Stefanski real quick? Oh, please don't. Quote, Go ahead. We gave up too many yards. We have to be better at stopping the run. We have to. There you go. That's Did he say that? Up. Did he say that during the game? Uh, I don't want to hear it now. Post game quote right there. That's, that's all I know. Why well, save I mean, it for the post game? Amari Cooper, David Njoku, Donovan Peoples-Jones, all were very relevant in the passing game. Anthony Schwartz, they apparently put him in, and I don't even know why he was in because I didn't see him any other time. Was, was that snap. like, yeah? Was that the you know? Was that the participation trophy? Like, how? You you've got Chubb, you've got him? Hunt, you've got Najoku, you've got Cooper, you got we know who the five major players are on the offensive side of the ball. You get handed a gift, and it wasn't even like you you threw it to Anthony Schwartz on a route where maybe he beat everybody. 
Anthony Schwartz, the timing routes, footwork by the sidelines, none of that. Like, really? That's what you had? That's what you had? And it makes me think the Browns, in their minds, kind of figured it was already over. I I don't get – and this we'll, we'll talk about all week. Um, we saw late you – know, or last week, really, we, we crucified Kevin Stefanski for his red zone play calling. The rollouts, the scrambles, not giving it to Chubb, et cetera, et cetera. Today, when you get the ball back, gifted to you on the 46-yard line with less than a minute to go, even without any timeouts, all you need is five, six yards. That's enough time to run, run, and run at least one time, and not with Kareem Hunt, with all due respect. I don't care – what the situation is, Nick Chubb in that in, in that circumstance has to be on the field. He absolutely has to, and that's the one thing I look at from Kevin Stefanski's side of this and say is inexcusable after what we saw last week and this week back-to-back. There is no way on the last drive of the game whether or not Nick Chubb's a great receiver because the truth of the situation is he's a decent receiver, but he's not the same receiving that Kareem Hunt is. Those two have to be on the field, and G. Bush, we talked about it all last week. If you want to get into it again, Jeff, you can get into it again. I'm, I'm sick and tired of repeating myself. I do not understand why he is not on the field in that situation, even as even a half decoy. Maybe you don't want to run the ball. I disagree with that premise, but okay, sure. He has to be on the field to at least give the impression that that's in the, in the opportunity to be called. And I'm, I'm going to say this, and, I, I, and it, this needs to be examined too. Um, we have a wave now, and the wave is let's go get um, smart, 30-some-year-old coaches and make them head coaches. These guys, let's make let's make guys who should have worked on Wall Street um, that or could have made a lot of money on Wall Street. Let's yeah. go ahead and make them, uh, like, like no no lie, let's just make the smart guy um, that, you know, is, is cool, that understands numbers, and make him the head coach, right? And, and, and in general and in theory, that works, guys, right? Because you say, well, what, a general manager? He talks like this and really smart and he doesn't say very much. And and he's just really all about the numbers and the data. And then the coach says, yeah, yeah, I I agree with you. I don't really get emotional and do this. It's all about the data. Here's the problem. These guys have to, these guys have to lead grown men. These guys are leading a locker room of grown men. Some of these dudes is older than them. They got responsibilities. They come from every walk of life. Some of them ain't even good people. You might be dealing with borderline criminals, borderline, whoever, crazy stuff. When you walk in that locker room, you have to be able to command the respect of the people. And you also need to be able, as a good leader, to motivate people. They are missing a whole angle. Motivation. Can you talk to a dude and get the most out of him? Can you talk to a dude and to the point where he goes on that field and come hell or high water, he and the next guy next to him and the next guy next to him says, if they don't want to make the play, I'll make the play. You need 11 of those people making plays. And emotional, when you look at the best generals that ever lived, Alexander the Great, you look look at Caesar, you look at Patton, all of these guys were not only great tacticians with the X's and O's and data, but they also knew how to go talk to a room full of men that were tired, that were hungry, that ain't seen their family, just seen their best friend die, and they were able to motivate them to get out of a trench and go fight with everything they had. That is leadership, not just saying it's fourth and two, go for it or not. They don't understand it. You got to have soul to play a game where you know you probably going to end up messed up. And they don't have it. 
They're not inter- interjecting any emotion, any passion. You, you cannot play that game without passion. It's not possible. You're going to make a business decision. I make $130 million. Well, I'm going to put my head over there. Just don't work. Just don't. Hey, we got another super chat, uh, Jeff, before I let you get in here. This is from Charles T. He sent us 10 euros, so hopefully he's watching from overseas. Appreciate you. A, a global misery party today, not just here in Cleveland and the greater United States. Charles he says, firing Joe Woods is scared players. Greg Williams home at the mouth and defense was ranked 22nd, couldn't tackle their cover. Woods' defense was fifth. This is on the players. G. Bush, who's your DC you bringing in? G, you want to start that? And if you have an answer, if you don't have an answer, I have a thought on that after. And, Jeff, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that as well. Anybody anybody who, who's willing, anybody that's willing to stand up in front of a group of people and challenge them, because they're not being challenged over there. Nobody's being challenged because they look too comfortable doing it. They're too comfortable saying stuff. When, when you got people talking about tweets and stuff like that, everybody is comfortable. They know I'm starting. They know I'm getting the bag. Give me anybody. You don't, it don't take that much of a rocket scientist. Go over there and bench somebody. Give me Jeff, you go first. You know what? You go first, and I'll save mine for last. Well, the problem G's right. I mean, like, what do you do if you're Joe Woods, though? You cannot get in Miles Garrett's face. You cannot get in uh, of course, Jadavian Clowney's face. You can't get in John Johnson's face. You can't get in Denzel Ward's face. All these guys are more entrenched within the Browns organization than you are. So it's not like you can go in and just say, you know what, you know, I, I mean, I, I'm going to be the, you know, the old school Catholic school teacher and beat everybody over the knuckles with a ruler. You can't. So, I mean, whatever Joe Woods is saying, it's not getting through. So, look, I mean, first off, you are not going to find a new defensive coordinator now. We understand that. And whether or not Joe Woods goes or not, who knows? But maybe it's time to give the opportunity to someone else to where they can say, look, you know, JOK, Jacob, you guys are pretty much the same guy. So guess what? It ain't your day. So you're out. I'll take, I'll bring it to Dakota Island. I'll give, uh, you know, uh, you know, number 42 a shot, you know, the second year guy, you know, from West Virginia, just to try something. Because whoever, if you give the opportunity to somebody else, they know it's a roll of the dice. They know it is a, hey, I'm shooting my shot here. But it's the same stuff now. And this defense is supposed to be a top five defense and getting gashed. It's a, it's a bottom Just five gashed. defense, Jeff. It's, yeah, it's absolutely. supposed to be a top five. It's a bottom five defense. This super chat comes from Donnie Stewart. He says, we have no dogs on defense. Rich, passive, petty boys shaking my head. Frankly, it's tough to argue with that at the moment. Uh, good point there, Donnie. I agree. Two things on the defensive coordinator thing. You can fire Joe Woods. You can keep Joe Woods. You're not going to bring in anyone necessarily better at this point of the season. Unless you're going to get Terry Francona to come over from across (laughs) Cleveland and and say, hey, I know know you don't coach football, but at least you're a a motivator and guys play hard for you. I'm in. I'm in. But, yeah, unless that's going to happen when their playoff runs over. Uh, We got another super chat about Tito. This comes from K Mahalik, 516070. Look at Tito, leadership matters, managing and motivating personnel is the whole ball game. Forgive the pun. No, I, I actually agree. I, I, he obviously doesn't know football, but he's a hell of a coach, and I'm sure – I mean, he's not actually an upgrade over over Joe Woods or anyone, but frankly, it, the idea is fun. Here, here's my thing with bringing in a replacement coach in the middle of the season. Whether or not he's Madden rankings higher than Joe Woods, 
Sometimes you just don't play for a coach. Sometimes a voice in a locker room and in, in a coach's room and in the meeting. Right. Especially when we're at a three-year stand. We're at a three-year standpoint. Yeah. We're at a three-year standpoint. So there might be a point here where some of these guys, it's just not jiving. Like, it's just not working. And when you see a lot of guys who have a potential to be great, great players, maybe in the overall premise might be is, bro, what you're calling doesn't work with what we do best. And I think that might be the biggest issue this team has now. Joe Woods, we waited for him to get all this talent. We thought he was going to come together. It was going to come together. Maybe he is not like, and Garrett, you know this, you wanted the coach who wanted, made you salivate. Like when he spoke and said, I want to do this. And it was like, oh yeah. crap, man, you're putting it on us. Like you're helping us out here. Like, yeah, that's what we think too. I think Joe Woods is saying, you know, here's you know basically the liver and onions where the Browns defense is looking for defense coordinator. They say, where's the steak and potatoes? I think yeah. it is just not jiving. And one more super chat here. Some G money up down. Hire Brian Flores as the head coach and fire Kevin or keep us in OC. Well, if that happens, it's not going to happen happens. mid-season. It's not going right. to happen mid-season. That's the other thing with these coaches. I see all these names, some guys who are not currently hired, who you say bring in. It takes a while to implement a defensive system that's not a three-day scheme, even a bi-week scheme to yeah, add in. So you can it's... promote a guy and run the same system and just hope the players respond to said coach better. But you're not going to change up schematically completely what you're doing and go from a you know a cover three team. We have one more a $10 super chat here. Thank you to uh, B-Dog20. No one will say this, but here it is. Miles Garrett is Defensive Player of the Year. needs to stop. They say TJ is better because he makes plays on the defense. Needs a play. Miles is just not doing that. I mean, uh, you ain't heard me say that. I ain't talking about no defense. I just want people. I want people not to give up 28 points. All that. You got to understand with me. I'm very clear cut on what it is, man. You got to earn that, man. I don't care about no records or player. How ain't nothing a player of the year. Nothing right now. Nothing. Zero, zip zero. Denzel Ward, I, I'm not trying to hear nothing. John Johnson, I ain't John Johnson ain't made a play since he done been here. Let's let's be clear about it. Let's well, be clear there was that it. one interception Thursday night football against Denver last year. But yes, your point rings true, Gary. I, I mean, I mean, let's <laughs> like for as much as I see the clapping and and uh, we gotta get it fixed stuff. I listen. Don't talk. Listen, every media member. Hey, gee, I, I, hey, I got to cut you off so I get two more super chats in. Born yesterday, says Bush could start on the D line, and we got another no. super chat here from. No, he could not. Scott <laughs> sees that. Yeah, Steve Bush can't move right now. With all the, I love you, dude, but I've seen no, you man. try to put your microphone on. Touch I can't even put my own microphone on. Uh, and then this is from Scott Skizak. He says the fancy called a good game. His scheme had players open. Brissett didn't see the open players. Defense is soft in the middle. Cade missed two field goals. It's on Cade. Cade deserves part of the blame pie, but I'm certainly not giving him the biggest part because, A, he shouldn't have had a chance to kick that second field goal, and, B, I don't think they put him in the best position to kick it. So. He didn't give up 250 yards on the ground, so, well, I mean, let's not put this on Cade. Hey, hey, I got – listen, I got enough energy for Cade, too. Hey, you need to stop talking. I don't want to hear no more commercials from you. I want to hit – you better hit your field goals, extra points, and, as a matter of fact, you're supposed to be outside practicing. Everybody else – Everybody else can hit the showers. You need to wear your you need to wear your whole fit down to the practice facility and just keep kicking because you only did stuff three times the whole day. Like I'm confused by it. You had an opportunity to redeem yourself from missing a chip shot that wasn't close, and you come in and you just McPherson hits it. 
All these other dudes is hitting them in the AFC North. It's just another thing the Cleveland Browns aren't good at and find a way to, to lose. Justin Tucker hits 90,000-yard field goals. You know that if you give another team an opportunity to kick that field goal. It, let me ask you a question. Put it, put it in the chat. Put a number two in there. See if you listen it. Put two in the chat. If, 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 if the Chargers had an opportunity to make that 54-yarder, tell me that wasn't going in. Put a and two signed, in there if that's good. They signed a guy on Thursday out of the Canadian Football League to kick, and he looked flawless today. And it was going to go in. Money, 54. Look at the and Chargers. It, and it even still, back. even still, your issue here is, is this is where you kick, dude. This is your home stadium. Yeah. Like, I mean, on the road, I can understand if there's, like, a fluke or something, like a wind pattern, you don't understand. Like, bro, you're supposed to be here for, like, ever. And, you know, look, whether it was the 48-yarder earlier or the 53-yarder. Good gracious. Yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Deuces are wild, definitely. Good gracious. It's painful. It's it's painful. Like, and here's the thing, McDougas. The, pro- pro- the problem that's so hurtful is the Chargers ain't even that good. Nope. No, let me whisper it to you. The Chargers ain't nobody's world beaters. They dang near put these dudes in the in, in the in the playoffs in in the, in the AFC Championship game already. They showed me nothing. I, there's sometimes that we played against the Chiefs, or sometimes we played against the Ravens or something. I'm like, man, these dudes is good. Ain't no way in hell we gonna touch them. But these dudes is nobody's world beaters at all. They they got a left to be a lot to be left to be a desire. And once again, if the Browns were getting blown out, the Browns could legitimately be five and zero. Yep. Crazy. And we got a super chat from JC here. He said AB started searching for a new quarterback in October last season. It's about time to call Sean Payton now. And this is from Charles T. I believe this is his second year uh, super chat five years. It's about more personnel than coaching. Sue and Richardson should be on this team. Skafansky called more good games than bad. Defense plays hard in spots. And then one more here from the super chat. Shout out to you guys for the super chat. I hate this for us and the fans. I really do. That's from Ivan Gutta. Uh, guys, just so if you're new to this, we do this after every Browns game. It's our ultimate Cleveland sports show, two-minute warning show. We start the two-minute warning. We talk. It's therapy. We celebrate if it's good. If you guys don't subscribe to the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show, make sure you do that. Monday through Friday, 11 to 1. G. Bush, myself are part of that. Locked on Browns podcast, G. Bush and Jeff. Make sure you guys subscribe to that as well. Like that. Uh, hit the ring. Ring the bell for notifications. Anytime something breaks, we're going live. We got one more super chat. Then I got one more question. We're going to wrap up here. This is from Darren Smith. Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy will be available for hire after head coach after the Chiefs win another Super Bowl. Watson Hunt Chubb. Will approve. The enemy will certainly be in hot commodity. Guys, I want to end with this. Jeff, I want to start with you, then G. Bush, and I'll wrap it up here. Through five games, oh, we got one more super. These super chats are coming in fast, G. Bush. These guys are spending. We're making some money today. B. Dog said, like you said, G. Bush, we can never come in and dominate from start to finish. Everything always has to bounce our way. It's from BD Dog 21. But here's what I want to talk about real quick. Through five games, Browns are two and three. They have been in all five. They could be five and oh. They, could also be one and four. I don't think they were going to lose that Steelers game. Are you more encouraged by the fact that the Browns missing their all-star, all-world caliber quarterback are two and three? Are you more disappointed at the way these games have ended considering the rest of the team has played so well, including the quarterback position? Jeff, let's start with you. Absolutely disappointed because and like I cannot believe it's literally like bizarre world that we're having these conversations. 
Like we thought we were going to have conversations about can the offense score enough? Can Jacoby Brissett present himself like a starting quarterback for 11 weeks? All those questions have been answered. The problem is, is this defense, we can, again, no turnovers, no sacks, no stops. This is a situation where this defense was supposed to basically put everybody else on their back and say, when the new guy, number four, gets here, we're going to be the ones that are going to make us, you know, keep us basically treading water. They are not doing it. It's inexcusable. It is absolutely inexcusable. This offense, week in, week out, drops in the 20s points-wise. And this defense looks light years away from the defense that we all really thought we saw last year and said, man, the potential this group, second year, I think Mike's got a midge in his apartment. That's not good. He's going to have to move back to Jersey. But look, this defense is absolutely letting this team down now. This was supposed to be the calling card of this team without Deshaun Watson. Right now, it, they it, it, Jag, just another defense. They are not getting it whatsoever. Terrible. Uh, no. Uh, the, the, the reason why, why it's discouraging is because of this. And I'll just tell you how, how this thing plays out. Yeah, you got a good quarterback. Matter of fact, he'll probably come back and be really good. Not this year, but next year. You'll have a great running game. You'll have receivers that look great. You'll have a nice running attack balance. You'll get splash plays. You'll even start to see deep balls. You're going to see everything, everything, and then you're going to get really happy because they're going to get to the AFC playoffs, and they're going to go through the divisional round. They might even get to the AFC championship game. But when you get to that game, and if you want to get to the Super Bowl to win that, when you get to those two games, you know what's going to happen? Those other teams are going to have a quarterback just as talented as yours. And guess what's going to happen? The things that you don't clean up now, that, that'll be automatically appear to be gone, they'll start happening at the inopportune times because you didn't do the little things to prepare for them. Because if you don't think that you'll have questionable play calling with Deshaun Watson, if you think Deshaun Watson is going to tackle somebody, if you think Deshaun Watson is magically going to be able to dial up some pressure on defense when they're playing Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen, because that's the bar, people. The bar is Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, the Buccaneers. That's where the bar is. That's where you. By the way, you got to go through these guys to even touch a Super Bowl. So when they're doing this right now, you could be cleaning it up and making sure that you have a top flight, not even top flight, just a competent defense that that tackles people when they have a chance to. That, that they don't. That may get a couple of turnovers because guess what? We don't even cause turnovers. Turnovers come from aggressiveness. And great turnovers come from putting somebody under pressure. You can't do that. No one's going to magically throw the Browns the ball or magically drop the football. Bottom line is this. The Browns will be good with Deshaun Watson, but what's going to happen and you're going to be sick to your stomach is you're going to have a great offense. You're going to be in these games, but you never will be to win the good ones. You'll never win the big game playing like that on defense and special teams. It just does not happen. All right, so th th this is my big takeaway. Now, I once again, y'all know I'm new to Cleveland. I moved here in, in April. I'm learning. I put a tweet out today that I'm shocked anyone in Cleveland lives to be over 50 based on the stress that each round game puts on you. People are like, I'm 51, and I'm, I'm about to end it. Like, it, it, I'm shocked because Browns games are crazy. Here's what sticks out to me. 
in the lead up to this season, Miles Garrett had a quote. He said, it doesn't matter how many points Brissett needs to score if we don't allow them to score any. And that's paraphrasing. Now, but that was almost exactly the quote. Fast forward five weeks into the season. Jacoby Brissett in this offense with Jacoby Brissett as quarterback. Jacoby Brissett has to put up 30 points to have a chance now. That's the magic number. They have to score 30 points to have a chance against an offense with a pulse. I'm not counting Atlanta, who Marcus Mariota completed seven passes, and I'm not counting Mitch Trubisky and the Steelers, who might be the single worst team in the NFL right now. Against the team with the pulse, they have to score 30 points. In my wildest dreams, not knowing the Cleveland history, not knowing anything, but just being an NFL fan, if you told me you need to have Jacoby Brissett score 30 points to win games, you're not going to win many. And what we are seeing right now is however you want to divide the blame. Yes, Kate York should have made a field goal. Yes. Yes, the Browns defense needs to tackle better. Yes, they can't give up 238 yards, the worst rushing attack in offense. Yes, they need to have guys play better on the offensive end like Anthony Schwartz and Donovan Peoples-Jones and get open. Kevin Savansky has to do better. Joe Woods has to. Everyone deserves a little bit of blame. But at the end of the day, we talked about before the season, this defense being a potential top five unit being potentially the best unit in football. Jay Feely said he thought this was going to be the best defense in football before the week one game against Carolina. They have been a bottom five unit. And until that switches around and until they find a fire, a passion, something to spark them. And frankly, if I'm, if I'm asking, or if you're asking me, I'm bringing six, seven guys every time. I'm blitzing because you're not getting pressure with four. I don't care if you have Miles, Miles Garrett, Jadavion huh. Clowney. You're not getting pressure with four. I'm bringing the house. I'm calling Engage on Madden. And I'm letting my $100 corner, $100 million cornerback in Denzel Ward, my first round pick, Greg Newsom, and pick one of the safeties back there. That is what I'm doing to try and reignite this offense. I just can't believe that five weeks in, we're talking about the Browns having a above competent offense and a defense that resembles rookie on Madden. It, it makes no sense to me whatsoever. Man, you said it the best. I ain't even going to tap dance on it. I'm going to let that go. <laughs> No, that's the thing. Look, I mean, I think this offense has done everything we could have possibly hoped for at this point. And I think that's the discouraging part. And I'm not saying anything's going to happen or anything's going to change. But when you got 11 guys on defense, a lot of them with a very high degree, a lot of them with a very high salary, and it's not working with your defensive coordinator, we all know the way this works. You can't go find 11 new players to play defense. You can take Jason Tarver and say, hey, what do you think you'd want to do with this defense? How are you going to call this? And it's demoralizing because this is now yet another game that this team lost, and not because they didn't have enough on the offensive side of the ball, because their defense did not play near, even close, to the expectations we all thought it was going to have. Yeah, it's sad. G. Bush, any last thoughts before we wrap up here? We got New England next week. New England's no joke, man. We got New England, New England, Baltimore, Cincinnati. It's three games in a row that are going to really test this defensive unit for the Browns. I don't think the Patriots are offensive juggernauts, but that defense is damn good. And you know, after seeing what Brandon Staley did today, Stefanski outcoached Brandon Staley. He's not outcoaching Bill Belichick. You're not getting a gift from heaven like that next week, so you better bring it on the field because you're losing the battle on the sidelines 100 out of 100 times against Belichick. You know, I, I just, you know, I did it today. It's, it's just about um, it's time for people to stop making excuses. It's, it's time for, um, you know, people to stop with the, with this early and with one play away. And anybody 
And anybody who keeps saying that it is either trying to pander or trying to get something, they got ulterior motives because nobody in their right mind is watching this thinking, and this is one play away that somehow the Browns are going to, this is, this is, this is so far beyond uh, one or two plays. It's, it's every, they are now busting on every single front. Um, It's situational football and, and the first three quarters don't matter for the Browns. It's about what you do in the fourth quarter. And we've shown that they, they've shown no propensity or no uh, have no game plan to change up anything. Um, and we just keep seeing a, a scary movie and we just find in different ways to die every week. So um, I salute the fans as always. You want to hear a crazy stat before we say goodbye? <laughs> yeah. The Browns allowed 6.7 yards per play to the Chargers. 6.7. On offense, the Browns averaged 6.8 yards per play. Yet here we are. You lose averaging seven yards of play, and when you're at the you have the ball on the 46 yard line, needing to get 10 yards, you get none. That's what it comes down to. We'll be back on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show tomorrow with Jay and everyone else breaking this down. Make sure you guys tune in 11 a.m. Also, Lockdown Browns podcast. You'll find G. Bush and Jeff Lloyd with their continued thoughts on the Browns' 30 to 28 loss to the Chargers, Cleveland. Now two and three on the season, playing New England next week here in Cleveland. It's a must-win game. And, guys, Belichick obviously has a, a history with Cleveland. Not the situation you want to be in, but I'm not counting it out. I do think the Browns do have some fight in them. I hope at least they have a little bit of fight left in them. For G. Bush and Jeff Lloyd, as always, this is the two-minute morning show on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. We'll see you guys on Monday.